everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host, and of course, with me, the Sunshine Boys themselves, Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson. Gentlemen, at Raymond James Stadium last night in Tampa, Florida, it was round two, the rematch, Alabama and Clemson, and I don't think, Ira, that uh, it could have lived up to its billing any better. No question about it. Now, Jim, what I loved about it was, uh, Joe, it was also a four-hour infomercial for, for Tampa, which was great. The stadium looked great. Everybody was in town. Mike and Mike even uh, stuck around uh, on Tuesday morning. Uh, they were, you know, down by the ships and everything. And Tampa came out a winner along with Clemson. Joe, people are picking on Lane Kiffin. Uh, Alabama would have won the game with Lane Kiffin. Uh, I'm not sure that's true. I want to give Clemson the credit, Joe. I, I don't think Bama lost the game. I, I, I think Clemson won it. Well, yeah. I mean, they scored, what, 30-some points? and 35. 35. Oh, 35 points. Yeah, yeah, Alabama. Yeah. 31 yeah. points. And um, so I don't think lack of offense was the problem uh, for Alabama. They were supposed to be the elite soul-crushing defense. And they let Clemson dominate them in the fourth quarter. They had the lead with two minutes to go in the game, less than two minutes to go. And Clemson's got basically a, a long way to go for a touchdown at, at that point, or at least a field goal to tie it. You, If you are a defense for the ages, like Alabama was alleged to be, you've got them. You've got to come up and make the stop in that situation, and they did not. Uh, it was it was a marvelous performance by Deshaun Watson, and uh, to me, they should like uh, do a Heisman recount immediately and uh, give the trophy to the right guy because uh, he's the best football player in the country. Let me ask you guys something. Credit, Jim, because um, Jim, you you and Henderson picked uh, Clemson, if I'm correct, and uh, yeah, well, and I picked uh, I picked poor Alabama, so uh, uh, kudos to you boys uh, last well, week. Well, for 58 minutes, you were looking good, Ira. Um, <laughs> but two things I want to ask you guys, because you know you have that good mix of college and pro. That might have been the roughest hitting game I've seen. In college football, and I'm wondering, Ira and Joe, would there have been more flags, you think, uh, if that were NFL referees as opposed to Big Big 12? I, I think so, Joe. I, I think so. Um, you know, that Alabama uh, uh, safety or, or corner, he, 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 was, uh, yeah. he was trying to kill people. He, he was trying to, you know, he was going for headshots, helmet shots. That's an automatic in the NFL. You know, he would have been ejected after the second one. Um, there were some good clean hits too, Jim. Yeah. But your point's well taken. Both teams, I think, were trying to send a message. Remember, Bama slugged uh, the Sean Watson in the beginning, and then Herb Street thought that that threw Watson off his game. Joe, whatever it was, you know, Watson didn't look good for a quarter and a half. He did not look good. Uh, but boy, did he make up for lost time. Uh, as Joe said, that vaunted Alabama defense uh, wilted. Uh, this kid, Mike Williams. Joe Buck fans are salivating over him. He's probably not going to be there. He won't be there when they pick. He will not be there. 
and you know, Jim, I, I'm not. You know, look, this is an argument for another day, but you know, like Vince Young, uh, Watson was the best player in college football. Joe's right, but Joe, it doesn't necessarily mean that Watson's going to be an outstanding pro. You know, we'll see. Uh, but sometimes, you, you know, your skills don't translate to the pro game. Um, I don't think Watson is a surefire uh, pro star, Joe, but that doesn't matter right now. He, he was the best player in college football. You well, know, Ira, I go back to what uh, your man Rich McKay used to say, is you draft on production. You don't draft on potential. And name somebody who produced more than Deshaun Watson did this year. And you're, and you're talking about the hitting in the game. How about the one where he got helicoptered? Where he was, I saw remember that. Where he was it looked like Matt Moore. It, it, it was like, how do you get up from that? Um, it, it was like he was dropped from a, a multi-story building. And, uh, you know, to to take that kind of beating and be up against a team like Alabama and to perform the way he did in the fourth quarter, um, that was one of the rare football games that any of us will ever see. And I'm, uh, I can't say enough for Dabo Sweeney. I mean, the dude beat Urban Meyer and Nick Saban back to back. What, a, what, what more credentials do you need? I mean, the guy is clearly um, in that very small handful of elite uh, coaches uh, in college football, and he's done it for a while at Clemson. So good on them. Congratulations. They earned it. Um, but I just saw uh, ESPN's uh, projected top 25 for next season. Uh, yeah, they, they didn't waste any time. Number one, Alabama. <laughs> so, you know, hey, Jim, Jim, one yeah. aspect of the game that I, I think is, is going to get overlooked a little bit. Um, I thought Clemson's defense was, was you know, commendable uh, in mm-hmm. this respect. Uh, not very good for the first uh, 20 minutes, uh, getting pounded by uh, the running back. But you got to remember, they forced 10 punts. I think Bama was 2 for 15 um, on third Jim, down. On third down. And except for that 68-yarder, which was a busted coverage uh, to the tight end, uh, they made that 18-year-old kid look like a freshman. He did zero, nothing. Yeah, Hurts, um, I mean, that's, I think what you're talking about, Ira, is where um, the Alabama fans were saying, well, you know, Kiffin is the quarterback whisperer, and he, you know, he had Hurts playing well. Uh, I don't know, guys, your thoughts, Scarborough didn't play pretty much I don't think he played after the was it the beginning of the third quarter didn't play at all in the fourth quarter I don't you know there was a lot of people second guessing that if had Scarborough been healthy that would have altered the game I I don't necessarily agree with that your thoughts well I think it definitely hurt Alabama I mean like the guy is the beast but you know it's not like they had you know, somebody backing him up who couldn't play. Right. So, you know, and and I'll say this, you you mentioned Hurts. Um, if Alabama's defense can come up with a stop on that final drive, mm-hmm. we are we are gushing over his play and his clutch run and the, the, that 
looked like it was going to win the game for Alabama. Right. Uh, that 30-yard right. touchdown run, uh, which was uh, – I was uh, – I wouldn't say startled, but just kind of my jaw dropped open at how quickly he accelerated uh, through the Clemson secondary when he saw that opening. And it, he made – it looked like a video game what he was doing. So, so you know, tough break for him, uh, but uh, – that kid showed me something last night and just, you know, both sides, they can play the, if, and whatever game, you know, the, Oh, if Lane Kiffin had stayed or if this, and, you know, just accept that game for what it was, which was a, just a tremendously entertaining and long football game. There was Do you some, think if, there, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, there was, there, there were some spectacular catches oh my down God. the stretch, you know, yeah. two, Two by Williams and 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 the other one, um, where the guy um, made an acrobatic uh, uh, adjustment uh, towards the mm-hmm. left sideline. Um, three big big time catches for Clemson Joe on on that game winning drive. Um, boy, uh, <laughs> the wide receiver. You know, I don't know how many of these guys are coming out, but uh, just just Clemson themselves uh, has some uh, enticing receiving. Uh, prospects, uh, you, you would think. What about that kid Kane from Tampa, guys? You know him? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he. You know what? That play, Jim. In retrospect, mm-hmm. if that play doesn't happen, maybe Alabama goes up twenty-one nothing. This, this game's over. Mm-hmm. That game's over. Um, that was the first positive news for Clemson fans uh, since that game started. What was that play he made? Mm-hmm. And. It, you know, it kind of jump-started the Tigers, and Watson was struggling. Yes. And, you know, they go in, and, and Watson scores a touchdown, and it's 14-7, and, and you're feeling good about yourself. That, in retrospect, Jim, was a huge play. There was also a huge play in that final drive, beside, and it happened on the same thing that you were talking about, on the catch that Williams made, which was incredibly acrobatic, uh, was the penalty on sportsmanlike conduct on the Alabama defense. That's a great point. Uh, that was that was crucial. And of course, you look back on on probably a dozen plays in a game like that, and you call mm-hmm. them crucial. But Alabama did come a little unglued, which is unusual for them. And uh, but I think a lot of that was just a result of of just two heavyweight teams, um, to use the cliche, leaving it all on the field last night. Uh, just. Great football games don't always have to be artistic. They just have to be gritty. And, you know, this was just bare knuckle. Let's go. And, you know, you talk about, you talk about Mike Williams. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh my goodness. Oh oh my goodness. I mean, he is, he has a chance to be uh, a truly elite receiver in the NFL. Uh, He's got the size. Yo, he looked like Mike that's Evans exactly last night. That's exactly what I was thinking. And and he's healthy now. Um, he's he's going to go um, probably in the upper half of the first round. Um, and just, he's you know, depending how it goes, I, I can't really see him falling to the Buccaneers. But if he does, uh, they should sprint to the podium with their pick. Uh, and not walk because that's uh, that's a guy that could uh, make the Bucks 
you think Jameis Winston could make use of that guy? Um, and and, that and would, Jim Henderson makes a great point about uh, uh, you know the, the Clemson coach uh, beats Urban Meyer in, in, in a shutout, right? And comes back and wins a shootout uh, uh, against Saban. Um, that is quite a, a daily double. Jim, when you look back, oh at no, it. there's no question. Do you think that Nick Saban, after seeing Deshaun Watson in two games put 70 points on on him, that he's happy to see him go? I think Nick Saban will drive him to the combine, is <laughs> you know, and and maybe even buy him dinner along the way. Just, but uh, interesting. You raise a good point too, Ira. Um, early on about where, where Watson projects in the draft. Now, my hunch is that if I'm Hugh Jackson in Cleveland sitting there with the number one pick, people are, are going to be clamoring uh, for this guy that today, you know, they're going to, you've got to take, you've got to take Deshaun Watson. He won't do that uh, probably. And he shouldn't because he's already got Deshaun Watson on his team and it's called RG three. And if you've got a guy, as we all know the perils of, of quarterbacks who like to run in the NFL and uh, he's going to have to tone that down if, or he's going to just get crushed up there. Uh, and uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how he shows at, at the workouts, how he can, uh, you know, if he can handle the, uh, you know, staying in the pocket and, and his passing accuracy and all that stuff. But as a college player, um, he's as good as I've seen in a long, long time. Absolutely. And, and Jim, go when you go think, ahead. When you think, think about what Clemson overcame um, mm-hmm. on, mon- on Monday night at, at Raymond James Stadium. By that, I mean, yo, they lost the turnover battle to zip. They, they had terrible field position. All night long. All night long, they're on their own five-yard line. Every time Bama gets the ball, they're on the 41. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's just amazing. Now, Alabama committed a lot of penalties, guys. Very mm-hmm. uh, atypical for a Saban team. Uh, but, you know, they didn't turn the ball over. And if I told you that the Tide doesn't turn the ball over, goes plus two there, uh, Joe, you're, you're, you're going to think they got a 95% chance of winning I thought Clemson was going to lose guys because I thought they were a little sloppy. And Alabama's defense takes advantage of that stuff. And sure enough, that did happen uh, uh, in the first half. But, boy, Clemson really tightened up. And they they deserved to win that game. They they beat them bad, I thought, in the second half. Beat them bad. Well, well they, they put up 21 points in the fourth quarter. When, right. when have you ever heard of Alabama giving up 21 points in a quarter? Uh, Alabama had a 14 nothing lead. Uh, they had, as you noted, they had Watson on his heels. They had the battle of field position. Uh, they had it in their hand, and Clemson took it away from them. And I thought also that the Clemson game plan, which we didn't really talk about enough, um, of trying to uh, spread out the Alabama defense because they suspected that, that there wasn't the depth there that uh, had been present in the past. I think we saw that in the fourth quarter. I think the Alabama defense did get tired, and they got 
they they finally I think just ran out of steam on that last on the touchdown pass that won the game. How wide open was that guy? I mean, you know, it was a choice to me whether uh, Watson wanted to throw it or run it in. Um, and one other little point that I that I wondered about uh, with that particular play, okay, mm-hmm. and we've all seen this happen before. If for some reason he doesn't catch the pass, bounces off his hands or whatever, mm-hmm. is the game over? They don't get to they don't get to kick a uh, a field goal to put it into overtime. When they rolled Great out, point. that was a gutsy call. That was a gutsy call with six seconds left. Yeah, no I don't think there's any question about it. I think they um, they played it hard. They did well, and uh, you know, they, you know there'll be Alabama people debating this, and you know Paul Feinbaum f- for the next um, he doesn't have to worry now. He can, he he can just turn the phones on, and Alabama people will be calling <laughs> now and and next year. But um, I, you can't. I mean, you just can't take away from Clemson how hard it was for them to come back, not once, but twice. And when they entered the fourth quarter, they had run 86 plays. And when you go to the fourth quarter, and their goal was to get that defense tired. If you run 86 plays on Alabama's defense, and they don't have the depth they had it last year, that's going to that's gonna cause you some problems. And it did. And so, you know, good on, good on Alabama for playing they as finished, hard as they um, did. Go ahead. You're right. Jim, they finished with 100 snaps. I mean, that's an extraordinary total. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bama was 65. Joe, that's a, that's a plus 35 uh, on, on snaps. You, you don't see that uh, uh, against a, a top-ranked team. Extraordinary. Uh, but they, well, know, and, uh, and... That's why I thought Clemson's defense did just enough, Joe. They did just enough, especially on third down. Uh, they were in a lot of disadvantageous positions in terms of the field. Uh, but Clemson's defense kept making some plays, Joe, after that, that 14 nothing deficit. They, they, they allowed you know, Watson to settle in, which you and I both knew that eventually he, he would. I have a quick question well, yeah. for you. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to – and it can be to you too, Joe. Um, quick question. Of the guys on that Alabama defense, and there are you know a number of phenomenal players, which one is going to be the can't miss pro? I think they're talking about Jonathan Allen, Joe, uh, as uh, as the stud. Uh, the Bucks could certainly need a, a, a shutdown, a run defender. Uh, but Joe, you know Clemson. Didn't run the ball particularly effectively, Joe, but they kept running it, which I thought was important. Uh, a lot of coaches would have given up on the run, Joe, down 14 nothing uh, against a, a great team. Uh, tremendous game plan by Clemson. They, they ran just enough that, you know, Alabama had to think about it. Um, even if they were only gaining three yards a carry, they, they didn't abandon it. They kept their balance. Um, and Allen wasn't a giant factor. I thought they did a good job on him. Yeah, I, and I would agree with you about Allen. I mean, he's, you know, he has everything that, that people want uh, uh, in the NFL. But, yeah, 
let's let's call it like it was. I mean, Clemson accomplished their goal. It, they used 59 minutes and 59 seconds to do it, mm-hmm. but they did wear Alabama down, I thought. And they did come through in the clutch. They did not get rattled when they got down 14 points. Uh, they managed to do, uh, as Ira correctly noted, to run just enough to make the passing game more effective. And what do you do? Do you, do you, you know, Alabama was doubling Mike Williams every time he, he moved off the line, but then at some point, you know, if you're concentrating on him, that's going to open up a running lane for Deshaun Watson, which is what it did. And he ran just enough you know, to to be effective. So, you know, games like that, that's why we love sports. You know, I, I didn't care whether Alabama or Clemson won. I, I, it's irrelevant to me. But I do like a good football game. And, you know, uh, that one was as good as it gets. I'll leave you with one funny thought on that. You, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the grit and determination of, uh, and, and the, by the way, the, the fans on both sides were outstanding, I thought. Mm-hmm. It was, that was great to see. That's why the atmosphere at a college game is, is in my opinion, uh, superior to an NFL uh, stadium. But when the game was over and Alabama had lost, who do you think turned out in joyous celebration? No one but the fans of the Auburn Tigers. They all gathered at Toomer's Corner uh, in the shadow of Jordan-Hare Stadium to celebrate Alabama's loss. And, did they, I mean, did they toilet paper it or did they just let it go? Uh, uh, they, uh, you know, you just, you got you to gotta love that kind of passion. And I'll give a shout out to my sister-in-law, Linda Ryan, who lives in okay. Houston. Played, played in the Auburn band, and she was, if she was not there with them uh, in in body last night at Tumor's Corner, she was certainly there uh, with them in spirit. A big War Eagle shout out, huh? Hey, Jim, Jim uh, yeah, Ira. Before uh, before I turned in last night mm-hmm. at approximately uh, twelve forty five a.m. Uh, just like just like you two guys, uh, right. I put out two quick tweets. Uh, Tell me what you guys think. One was, uh, can't complain about a four-hour game when it's that kind of a thrill ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and my second one was directed towards uh, Mr. Henderson, um, which was, uh, Merrill might want to take back that crack about watching football. Uh, and that, that is a uh, reference to Merrill Streep's uh, speech at the Golden Globes. Uh, where she said, if you take away all the artists of the world, uh, all you got left is watching football and uh, the mixed martial arts, uh, which are not art. That's a funny line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, look, Meryl Streep and, and, and the Hollywood contingent aren't necessarily into football. We are, uh, and games like that, guys, uh, sustain us. And, of course, you know, within five minutes, Jim, uh, one of your loyal uh, readers, uh, retweeted me and, and tweeted back to me that, uh, well, if that's all you got out of Meryl Streep's speech, that's pathetic. You know, Jim, you got to lighten up a little bit, too. I mean, 
Oh, uh, yeah. Take it that I mean, seriously. And I, I don't that, think, that, yeah. I, I don't think know, Meryl Streep was taking as big a hit on football as she was on, <laughs> on other stuff. But yeah, I mean, look, you do have to lighten up and enjoy it. Um, you know, guys, putting a bow here on the college football season 2016, something happened yesterday in the final. I'm sorry, yesterday. Something happened today in the final standings of. Um, the ESPN poll, and that is four Florida teams. Used to be three, now four Florida teams ended up ranked in the top 25, which included FSU, Florida, South Florida, and Miami, all finished in the top 25, which has never happened before. And that's uh, that's kind of Enable- a good thing to have have happened. Go ahead. They I'm will, sorry, Joe. They, well, they, and they will all be in the preseason top 25 next year. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see any reason not to. One quick thing. Uh, Ira, being our NFL guru here, and Joe being a follower of USF, Marlon Mack decides to turn pro. Is he, um, is he, where's he going to land, uh, Ira? I think he's a middle round prospect, Joe. I don't think it's a terrible decision. Uh, yeah, I know there's guys coming out this year like Fournette, McCaffrey, Nixon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Joe, next year there's going to be another three or four, you know, stellar guys out there. Uh, I don't think USF's offense can be much better, Joe, than it was in 2016. So, you know, it, maybe it hurts Mac in the beginning, but you make your money on a second contract. Um, I think Mac's an intriguing prospect. Joe, he did enough in college to me that I'd be intrigued uh, if I was a pro scout. I, I don't think it's a bad decision for the kid. Oh, you know, I'm I'm not going to criticize him for coming out, especially in light of you know what we've seen with the uh, injuries, especially to running backs mm-hmm. uh, in college. I mean, he's one missed cut away from a from an ACL, and and then he he doesn't play at all. So, you know, he he gave USF, you know, three good years and, you know, had a uh, – I, I don't think he's a, uh, any more than about a fourth or maybe fifth-round pick. But, you know, good guy, uh, played hard. He was hurt uh, a lot uh, the last uh, – certainly this year at USF. And, you know, you got to look out for your own future. So. Um, good luck to him. Uh, it's a tough blow for the USF, but uh, like Ira said, I I think they'll manage. Given the fact that go ahead, Jim. Can I ask? Can I ask Henderson a, a USF question? Of course. Um, all right. Um, no. And you might not, Jim. You might, Jim. You might not be aware of this. Okay. Um, Sean King, former Buck quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Um, led them to the '99 uh, NFC title game. Um, he coached quarterbacks at USF last year, Jim. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. have to tell you the kind of job he did with, with right. Flowers. Um, and, Joe, uh, am I to understand that uh, this new head coach um, has, a, has moved Sean King to coach running backs, brought in uh, somebody from the Texas staff? Jim, I'm, I'm going to put this on, on a platter for Henderson here, but mm-hmm. – Joe, in my mind, strike one, Charlie Strong, strike one. 
You're 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 on the clock no. already. That's your first bad decision. Um, all right, take take it away, Harry. Uh, take it away. All right, I'm I'm not going to go along with you on that one. Um, first what off, a, what a I surprise, think, Jim. What what a surprise. Stunning. <laughs> well, you know, stunning. Um, what happens with Sean King is this actually gives him a chance to kind of broaden his horizons. Maybe, uh, you know, more than a quarterback coach now, he can say, you know, I also coach running backs. That sets him up uh, maybe to be an offensive coordinator somewhere. And the guy you so blithely dismiss as brought in some guy from Texas is Sterling Gilbert, who was Charlie Strong's offensive coordinator at Texas and is a disciple of the um, wide open game he, uh, at, from like like they put together at Baylor, he had the 17th ranked offense in the country last year, and his skill set uh, and what he likes to do translates perfectly with with what USF has been uh, been doing, particularly as it comes to the uh, to the running game. So now I, I can't I can't buy your dismissal of that, um, Sean King. This I I think he's a a fine attribute to the USF staff. I don't perceive this as being shoved aside at all. I think it's going to help him, and I think it makes uh, USF's overall offense even stronger. Jim, uh, Jim, this is a clear indication of how Henderson is going to treat uh, Charlie Strong. We're going to call him Teflon Charlie. Nothing will stick to him. Uh, Jim, can you do a much better job with a quarterback than King did with, with Flowers last year? Why, I, why would you mess with a good thing, Jimmy? I, I okay, I wouldn't, but I'm not Charlie Strong. Um, I, I think that it's a it, you know how coaches are. They're flaky about this stuff. They they have their guys, and you know Sean clearly did a wonderful job. But you know maybe uh, maybe. Charlie feels that, you know, Sterling is going to do a good job and that, uh, you know, at least he kept him. I mean, in some cases, uh, as you know, they, they just wash everybody out no matter how good you do. So you're under siege, I, I don't Henderson. know. Well, you're, you're under siege. Hold, hold on. Hold on. I, I'm ahead. about to checkmate you. I, I'm, I'm about to checkmate you. Okay. Are you ready? You know yes, who. My, 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 my queen's in prime position. There you go. <laughs> All right. Do you know who uh, among the uh, people that Sterling Gilbert uh, has mentored as a uh, directly coached and uh, guided in, into, as we say, the next level? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. If you say Bart Starr, I'm hanging up. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Yeah. The guy who's going to succeed Tom Brady in about eight years. But uh, this guy's produced, Ira. You know, do your homework. This guy really knows what he's doing. And Jim, uh, am I, uh, Jim, am I, am I wrong to suggest that the Texas Longhorns were were not a college power last year? Well, with this guy, offense uh, was not their problem. Offense uh, was yeah. not their problem last year. It was defense. Uh, here's... Jim, USF's offense was better than Texas's offense. Yeah, uh, how me... do you like not how that, do you like that Henderson? How do you like I, that? Let me, I, I think you got it a great on when it comes to offense. <laughs> when it comes to offense in the Big Twelve, I think you got a great on the curve because there's nobody out there that plays defense in the Big Twelve. 
So, you know, I mean, look, well, I, like they do as in a the, graduate, like they do graduate, the American. <laughs> as I like a, Jim Williams more and more every every as, minute. As every a month. proud as a proud graduate of the University of South Florida, the Harvard of Hillsborough County, I am telling you, there you go. That that I wish all the best for the University of South Florida. But Ira's point of, you know, why mess around with something that's working, I, I think it's a fair point. And, and, and I think that Charlie and, and um, Sterling will be graded on whether or not they get the production out of him. You know, Quentin Flowers, the person I didn't mention there, the quarterback, um, you know, that's it. And, and honestly, uh, what I would love to see is them take a little time and try to pitch this guy as a as a Heisman Trophy uh, candidate, you know, because that yeah, all comes out of the will. sports information department. And damn it, they Henderson, you know, uh, spent some money. Henderson, that that that's called Bishop to Rook Four. Henderson, that that's what that is. <laughs> you just you just you just laid your king on the table. It's over. <laughs> all right, boys. One uh, one. One quick final note on the on the colleges, and we'll, we'll jump quickly to the pros. Uh, quick predictions of the four teams that were rated. We have FSU, Florida, South Florida, and Miami. Is that how they end up next season, or who's got? How do you see it going into twenty seventeen? Uh, I think well, FSU is, is the top dog there, Joe. I I would think so. Yeah, uh, Florida State um, would appear to be the class uh, here. And then uh, I think you can take either one of the next three and jumble them up. Uh, If Florida doesn't get a quarterback um, between now and next year, you know, uh, I think it'll be more of the same what we saw this year. Uh, Mark Rick uh, will get the job done in Miami, although maybe not as fast as Ira thought he would. And... um, you know, USF is going to be really, really good. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to be up to uh, Charlie Strong and, uh, to and Sterling Gilbert Flowers in the right, and Sterling Gilbert to use right. uh, Quentin Flowers in the right way. I am confident that they will. And I think USF um, could, even though they don't really play any of the other uh, three that we mentioned here, I think USF can uh, can hold their own with a lot of teams next year. A lot of very FSU and uh, Jim FSU and USF's got you know they got a very talented QBs coming back and mm-hmm. and, and I think that gives them the, the leg up. I don't think Brad Kaya is coming back in Miami, right? I, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. All right. Well, there puts that puts the bow on the 2016 college football season, and now the final four in both the you know the AFC and the NFC. Uh, very, this past weekend was a great time to catch up on binge watching Downton Abbey or something, because there wasn't a lot of entertaining, uh, NFL. Uh, I'm hoping we get more entertaining. You're on a roll, William. You're on a roll. You're on a roll, baby. Keep it going. Go ahead, boys. Uh, tell me what you like, what you learned this weekend about, uh, the NFL. Not a lot of, not a lot of drama last weekend. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Uh, you knew Houston-Oakland was going to be a lousy game, and and, and it was. Yeah. Uh, Detroit didn't have much of a chance going into Seattle. Uh, it was a big game for Stafford, Joe, in that, you know, a big performance in that game against that defense. All of a sudden, you know, 
Matt Stafford is moving up, you know, towards elite status, and it didn't happen. Uh, Pittsburgh was going to squash Miami, and they did. They look scary going into Kansas City. I'm a little concerned, Joseph. And uh, you should be. <laughs> Uh, you know, Rodgers is playing. R- Rodgers is playing spectacular football uh, for Green Bay. Spectacular, uh, and I, I think he's going to have to be uh, keep up that standard in Dallas because I don't think he's going to have the ball very much. Because uh, I think the the game plan of the Cowboys, as it has been all year, Joe, is is, is to keep their defense uh, nice and fresh by owning the time of possession. I don't know if Green Bay's got enough defense to to stop that, but. Those games weren't very good, Joe. I think those Sunday matchups this week uh, with KC, Pittsburgh, and uh, Green Bay, Dallas, that, that is tremendous football. And, Joe, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you, but I'll say this. The point spread on the New England game, Jim, now you yeah. and I, you know, we, all three of us have been watching football a long time. 16 points, gentlemen. 16. Um, I, I think you've got to go back to Super Bowl three and four where nobody thought the AFL was any good, you know, uh, and even after the Jets won uh, Super Bowl three, I think the Chiefs were like, uh, you know, 16-point underdogs to the Vikings. We know how that turned out. Joe, it's been a long time since we've seen a playoff spread. That is outrageous, 16 points. And it may not be enough, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, uh, New England, it, that would be one of the all-time up- upsets that any of us could recall if New England uh, doesn't win that football game. And, and we all believe that they will do it handily. Um, you are correct about uh, Aaron Rodgers and the way he's playing. Uh, that was, that was impressive what they did to the New York giants. Uh, remember a week ago, we were all singing the praises of the giants defense. They got scorched and uh, Odell Beckham, Junior just behaved badly as he is prone to do. But uh, going into uh, this weekend's game, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ira, but uh, the first question I want answered on the uh, Dallas Green Bay game is what is Jordy Nelson's status? Uh, he he supposedly had two shaky. ribs. Yeah. Very shaky. Uh, and if he doesn't play, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If he doesn't play or, or he's seriously hampered, Green Bay can't win. I think it's. I think I don't know about you guys. I think that Dallas Green Bay game has a has the markings of a of the game we saw last night between Clemson and and uh, Alabama. I think that could be uh, a shootout as opposed to a defensive battle. If uh... and and of course, Jim, you got the tradition. You know, mm-hmm. going way, 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 way back the Ice Bowl. Sure. They played two two straight years. They played in the. Uh, uh, the NFL title game, you know, to mm-hmm. get to the Super Bowl. They they were both great games. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was in the Cotton Bowl, Joe, I believe, and the, the second yeah. one was in Lambeau. Uh, they both went down to the wire. Uh, that, you know, Joe, I, I like the teams that have had the week off. Traditionally, Joe, those teams are tough to beat. Now, you know, they're very good teams because they're top two-seeded teams. Uh, you know, the Atlanta game uh, is very interesting. Joe, you know, vaunted Seattle defense, even without Earl Thomas, it's very, very good. Uh, but, Joe, you know Matt Ryan's been my pick at MVP uh, since mid-year. I, I never wavered. Uh, they have the number one scoring offense Atlanta. They're playing at home. 
Joe, th- this is a tall order uh, for Seattle, and I don't know that Seattle's offense is good enough to uh, exploit, you know, a, a kind of an average Atlanta defense. Uh, I kind of like the Falcons, Joseph. Oh, I, I, I do too. Um, you know, it's uh, they're playing at a very high level. As you noted, they uh, they've had the week off. They've sort of flown under the radar this year, while everybody, Absolutely. particularly in the NFC, where everybody's in love with Dallas and uh, and all of that. Um, but they are a handful uh, for people, and of course, we see them uh, twice a year here, and. After the first game where the Bucks went up there and beat them, I think we all agreed that that wasn't a very good football team, and um, we we you know maybe forgot that there were 15 games to go after that. Uh, danger of snap judgment, if you will, uh, because Us? they have come back and yeah, Joe, they, what are you they, talking they, about? That's impossible. I know it's that's hard to believe. I, I'm I blame Ira for that actually. But, I was dead um, wrong on the Falcons. Dead wrong, Joe. Dead wrong. I thought. Uh, I thought after week so one, that was a, that was a five and eleven team. I mean, uh, yeah. I never thought they could have that kind of an offense. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan, Jim. Matt Ryan wasn't very good uh, in, in twenty fifteen. No, people he had thought a bad he was year. regressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kyle Shanahan did a fabulous job, Joe. Fabulous mm-hmm. with that offense. That's why Kyle Shanahan's going to get one of these jobs, Joe. That's why. That's that's exactly right, and. Uh, so, you know, uh, the Falcons, would it surprise me if they were in the Super Bowl? Not at all. Um, you know, they uh, they are as as solid across the board as any team not named New England. You know, guys, um, on the AFC side, my mother calls me on Sunday morning, or I call her depending upon who gets who f- early enough. and. She lives in uh, Pittsburgh, and she said to me, should we be worried about the Dolphins? And I said, the only way you should be worried about the Dolphins is if they're allowed to bring the bus on the field. Um, They got no chance. And uh, this week I can't say that when I have that same conversation with my mother that uh, playing the Kansas City Chiefs, that that that's going to be the case. There's definitely, Ira, you know that team is the most explosive part of that team ironically special teams uh you're talking about this kid named tyreek hill joe right Mm -hmm. and you can't you can't talk enough about him joe you talk about a guy uh you know if the bucks could find the next tyreek hill joe and, and and they're not easy to find but he did last till the fifth round and he had some personal issues and the chiefs pulled the trigger on him um Joe, he is the guy that Dirk Cutter's talking about that can take a 10-yarder and, and take it to the house. Also unbelievable on returns. Uh, without him, Jim, the Chiefs don't, wouldn't have enough offense mm-hmm. to, to keep up with Pittsburgh because, look, Joe, KC's got a good defense, but, you know, considering, uh, you know, that Roethlisberger will be healthy, and I think he will be, uh, you got the best receiver in football in Brown. Bell might be the best running back, with all due respect to Ezekiel Elliott. You know, uh, Bell doesn't have that offensive line in front of him that Elliott does. Joe, that that's a lot. That's a lot of firepower. So you know, Pittsburgh's going to get their points, um, and the Chiefs, you know, traditionally have a you know a stodgy offense. But here comes Tyreek Hill, Joe, and Andy Reid's a good play caller. 
and knows how to get till the ball in space. And Joe, he's a game breaker. You got to account for him. And I think this is an even game. It's a pick 'em game. I'm an old Chiefs fan. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a whale of a game, Joe. Uh, Chiefs at home, always tough at Arrowhead. A week off to rest up. I think it's going to be a great game, Joe. Well, uh, yeah, uh, I agree with you. And I li- I'm sorry to to do this to you, bro, but uh, I like the Steelers in in this one. Um, and I base that mostly on Andy Reid's postseason history, which lately hasn't been very good. And, you know, he, he, uh, you know the rap as well as I do. He tends to mismanage the clock. Uh, they tend to wilt when the spotlight is brightest. And it's going to be pretty bright this weekend. And something there's, there is a little bit of a swagger about the Steelers right now that um, – is is um, is what you want this time of year. They uh, Roethlisberger's playing uh, at an extremely high level, as you noted. They've got the balance uh, receiver and running back. They can beat you in a lot of different ways. Um, poor Miami just never had a chance in that game. And um, I can. Uh, this is a team that can go on the road um, in January and win. They've proven it. So. You think, uh, I, I Joe, think you, you think um, you think that uh, Terry Bradshaw's foolhardy comments about uh, Tomlin ha- have, has uh, added a little spice to the to the Steelers' uh, mindset? Maybe uh, I don't put a whole lot of stock in that, to be honest with you, because you know Terry Bradshaw gets paid to run his mouth, um, and yeah. he ran it. But uh, you know, Mike Tomlin's won a Super Bowl, uh, so. You know, he's won a lot, uh, been in the playoffs like most every year. Uh, it's like, right. shut up. He knows what he's doing. And um, he'll have them ready to play Sunday. And, uh, you know, not saying I would be stunned if they don't win. But um, if I had to, you know, put down five bucks on somebody right now, it would be on the Steelers. Joe's, Joe's right, uh, Jim, that the, the Steelers do play with that, with that confidence. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and and Tomlin embodies that. He always talks about embracing the tradition, embracing the moment. We respect people. We don't fear anybody. Um, he's that kind of guy, Jim. And, you know, sometimes you take on the character of your head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Tomlin doesn't back down, Jim. He does, does not back down from a challenge. Going to KC is a challenge. I think it's a very, very close game. I, I don't know how you swing it. And I can't argue with Joe picking the Steelers. Uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Well, I think the thing and the reason I asked you, Ira, when we first started this conversation about the Chiefs, is that fifty percent of the Chiefs' offense comes from their defense and the special teams. So you know, in some regards, if you're a Chiefs fan, you got to hope that um, Pittsburgh makes mistakes. And they're not on. Unco- that doesn't you know that certainly happens. Ben hasn't been yeah. known. To you know, throw a ball where he shouldn't have, and uh, and Bell has put the ball on the ground a couple of times, and you know it's all possible. But I will say this, and you guys have been out to Arrowhead just like me. That's it's the loudest building in football, and if the Steelers, if if somehow Kansas City can get up on the Steelers, that might be um, that might be helpful if they could get down and you know if they could go up by ten to fourteen points early. That that could uh, 
that could cause uh, some problems for the Steelers. I think, but uh, Joe, I think KC's got more uh, defensive playmakers than Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers always used to be known for defense. Joe, that's changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're no, you know, I think their their trademark is offense. Joe, now um, defense is okay, uh, decent, but you know, Eric Berry, Joe, Marcus Peters, Justin Houston, uh, they got the kid D Ford. Uh, the Chiefs have playmakers, and as Jim points out, if Pittsburgh's a little sloppy on Sunday, that that could be the difference there. Now, Ira, let me ask you a question. Does it give you a moment of pause that in the fourth week of the regular season on a Sunday night game in Pittsburgh that the Steelers strafed your Chiefs 43-14? to Ben Roethlisberger threw five touchdown passes in that game. Does that bother you? Uh, <laughs> no. I'm going to take the uh, <laughs> I'm going to take the uh, stance of many coaches and say, uh, Jim, the regular season uh, is a whole different ball game right. uh, from the postseason. Uh, but I will say, Joe's right. Uh, Pittsburgh's offense is, is percolating very nicely. Just ask, uh, you know, Miami had a pretty good defense, Jim, yeah. and uh, they got destroyed. I mean, they 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 couldn't they couldn't stop anything. Bell was running wild. Antonio Brown, the first two touchdowns, the game's eight minutes old, 14 nothing. A little bit scary, a little bit scary if you're a Pittsburgh opponent. Uh, but, Joe, uh, the Chiefs defense is going to show up, and uh, Jim's right. They, uh, they feast on, on, on takeaways and special teams. Uh, if the Chiefs are going to win, it's not going to be by uh, Alex Smith throwing for 350, Joe. Uh, I'll grant you that. It's not. Well, and and admittedly, a, a game like the one I referenced, it, it got out of hand quickly for your mm-hmm. Chiefs. Um, it, you know, Roethlisberger had three touchdown passes in the first quarter of that game. Le'Veon Bell ran for a buck forty-four that night. So Alex Smith had to throw the ball fifty times that night. Boy, I will make a bold and brash statement, as Ira would say, if he throws fifty times Sunday. Uh, you can pack it in because it's over. Uh, you, they can't win. They can't win if they have to put the game on Alex Smith's shoulders. Jim, could uh, could things have worked out any better if you're a New England fan, Jimmy? Could it? No. I mean, you know, whether you played Oakland or whether you played Houston, I mean, right. you know, New England's got a very unheralded. Uh, you know, Joe talked about the Atlanta team uh, being mm-hmm. under the radar. Uh, everybody focuses on Brady. Um, but New England's defense is good, Joe. Even yeah. though you know they got they get rid of people and they keep going, uh, you know the Belichick genius. I don't like to use that word, but I think it's apropos, Jim. In this case, mm-hmm. you know maybe the best coach of the modern era. I think he's. Uh, I think Brady's the best uh, quarterback of the modern era, Joe. I, I think he's past Montana. I do. I think he's done enough. Here he goes. He's looking for Super Bowl number seven. Joe, number seven, if, if the Giants don't rally twice, he, he's already would have six Vince Lombardi trophies. Um, and here come the sad sack uh, Texans. Uh, Jim, I'll say this about Houston. O'Brien's a good coach, yeah. a good coach. And they got a nice defense because Joe Clowney has shown up. Uh, yep. And don't forget they're doing this without J.J. Watt next year. That could be a very – they might have the best defense in football next year. They might. 
Wouldn't shock me. Well, that, uh, they had the number you know, one ranked defense this year. Well, I'll tell you what. If somebody if somebody doesn't block Clowney earlier when you were talking about Jimmy Garofalo, he might be in. He might get his chance <laughs> a hell of a lot simpler because Clowney, Clowney just punished Oakland, and and obviously Oakland is not the New England Patriots. But all you got to do is have one clean shot, and man. I would, if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm gonna watch where Clowney is because he's the only guy in that defense that I'm that I'm gonna be worried about. Well, uh, call me crazy, but I think I think uh, Bill Belichick will probably have a game plan for Mr. Clowney. I think he's aware of what he. Can oh, do. you you did you send him a note to make sure that he knows? Yeah, about that? I, you know, I'm 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 going out on a limb here, but I think they'll be prepared. Bill might uh, be prepared. Okay. You no. Know, uh, yeah, guys, I I didn't vote for Belichick for Coach of the Year. I, I voted for Garrett. Right. Uh, but let's be honest, you could give it to Belichick every damn season. Right, uh, Joe. He doesn't have Gronkowski. Joe, there's no Gronkowski. Um, but Garrett Blunt, gentlemen, scored 19 <laughs> touchdowns. Um, it, it is phenomenal what we're witnessing, and it's easy, you know, to trash Belichick as a cheater. Um, and yeah, he does go over the line. Joe, I, I say he's not the only one that does it. Uh, but, you know, that video gate's got nothing to do with Belichick uh, winning 13 games a year. Uh, he's just better than everybody, Joe. He's just better. Well, certainly. And you mentioned Gronkowski. They they planned ahead. They got a tremendous backup uh, in uh, Martellus Bennett, anticipating Gronkowski would get hurt. So he gets hurt. They say, all right, get in there. It's your turn, big guy. And they don't miss a beat. So, um, you know, he is the Vince Lombardi of this era. Um, no question about it. What about um, – let's do final call here. Who um, who goes to the NFC and AFC championships? And give us your social media and any other comments you want to make on – what to watch this weekend, Mr. Henderson, you get to go first. Well, I will say that uh, the Atlanta Falcons will be playing the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. And uh, I would think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are, oh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say New England is, is in the AFC title game. Are you taking um, the points? I would give the points. Okay. Uh, so um, you can find me uh, on Twitter at J Henderson Tampa, T-A-M-P-A. Okay there, Mr. Kaufman. It's your turn. You can find me, uh, James, on, on Twitter uh, at iKaufman76. Uh, I'm going to stick with the hot hand of, of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, going into Dallas, bringing a mild upset. I uh, Joe made a great point earlier in the podcast that that's that that's one for Henderson this season. Uh, a, good, a good point made. Uh, but he's right. The Giants uh, were considered maybe to have uh, the best defense uh, in the NFC. Uh, with all due respect to Seattle, uh, the Giant defense was playing great, and uh, they were shredded, absolutely shredded uh, in the second half. Uh, Dallas doesn't have that kind of defense. I think Green Bay, you know, will make enough stops, enough stops 
uh, uh, Sunday against Dallas to uh, let Rodgers work his magic. And maybe we see Prescott actually looking like a rookie for the first time this year. Um, and uh, I, I, I got Green Bay going to the big dance in, in, in Houston, gentlemen, and, and I'm sticking with New England. No, no, uh, you know, they're going to roll over uh, Houston. And then uh, you got Pittsburgh or Kansas City going in. And I, I think New England's just operating on a different level, guys. Uh, they're smart. They don't beat themselves. They find a way. So uh, I got New England and Green Bay. Should be a heck of a game uh, in Houston, gentlemen. Yeah, it'd be wild. Um, I'm going to go with, um, I think the Steelers will go to New England and play. And I think that, um, uh, you know, God, you know, that Green Bay game is so hard to go. I I guess, all right, I'll go with, um, I'll go with Green Bay and Atlanta. And that ought to be the NFC championship game. And, um, a quick shout out to your buddies, uh, the guys at the Tampa Sports Authority, for putting on a wonderful uh, job this week and showcasing the area and uh, putting together one heck of a, a national playoff. Um, they they didn't miss a beat, they didn't miss a trick. Everything was fine, and they got nothing but uh, good press on what they did all uh, weekend long. And there's nothing you can do about the weather, but even the weather wasn't that bad. So um, good, good on them as uh, as they did a wonderful job showcasing the Bay Area to the world on uh, at college football playoff, and hopefully uh, they'll bit in the rotation and, and see it again. So we'll see. But for the Sunshine Boys, Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson, I'm Jim Williams, your host. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. And we'll catch you next week when we get an opportunity to talk about the two teams that will be headed to uh, the championship games uh, next week. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about college basketball. We'll see how that all works out. Until then, Jim Williams, Ira Kaufman, Joe Henderson, have a great day. 